Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Stream with Tim Skinnell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Uh, good. Winter showed up, so it's a little chilly, but uh, we're doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, it, it always seems to come back around. It does. It I don't know what that is. Learned its lesson. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want you here. Circle right of now. life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad right now. So so far, crossing fingers, knocking on wood, or whatever we've got around us. Um, we haven't had any ice storms or anything like that, so it's not. You know, I haven't been watching people slide through intersections or any of that stuff yet. So hopefully that doesn't hit too hard this year. Yeah, we had a little bit of that this week, but uh, oh. I didn't see anyone get hurt. So we're good. Well, good. All right. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yep. All right. Well, you know, as, as fun as it is to talk about, you know, the winter and weather and complain, uh, we're going to do something different on this podcast today. What's that? Yeah. So it's not just because it's gloomy and wintry that I'm selected this topic actually the topic is called your professional decline so it oh. sounds kind of depressing but actually it, it's somewhat uplifting i swear okay i'm looking forward to the positive side of my professional decline tim all right because yeah i'm not picking on you but okay, um, this is for the listener eric not you so oh good um Thank goodness. no but you know we've talked a lot with the podcasts that we've done together that it's all it's it's about a lot more than money uh the, the stuff that we do the planning we do is important, but really we have these relationships with our clients, with their families, um, and it you know it's so much more about the, the path for success, the transition points along that path, than it is the finish line. And I think that um, too many people focus on the goal, and they really don't plan for like when you arrive at that finish line, the re- whether it's retirement or work optional or some other spot where you've got the house or you've achieved your goal. And I think there's also a blind spot that I see uh, amongst my clients as I'm working with them, not all of them, just a few of them, but a lack of understanding about just the whole life cycle <laughs> part of life. You know, the, uh, we just talked about the cycle of life. But, and, and I think part of it, Eric, too, is I must be just getting old because a lot of my clients are approaching or in or directly in retirement. And I have really have spent the last probably uh, four or five years trying to research and help clients with these transitions because I'm just seeing more and more clients um, having having a difficult time uh, transitioning f- to that work optional point because mm-hmm. a lot of them are entrepreneurs, type A's, CF- CEOs. They're all very hard driven. And I'm finding that it's, it's more mental than financial. So we want to talk about that, a little bit of that today. All right. Yeah, it's a uh... It is tough, right? We were having a discussion, just a few of us the other day, about the difference between business owners and kind of the thought process and people that are high-level executives, same thing. They're they're continually grinding on things, continually trying to figure out how to grow the business or um, you know what to do next in the business. And where somebody who has a regular 9-to-5 job that they can clock out and go home and they don't have to think about that. Well, 
business owners are constantly thinking about something. And so to, to turn that off or flip that switch, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to that point. Exactly. And just to give you an idea how much I've been thinking about this, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, about two years ago, um, I went to a three-day presence-based coaching kind of conference seminar thing. And mm. my wife, Nancy, had taken this, and she had actually done two of these. And she said, oh, no, you love it. They're amazing. So I went to um, down in South Carolina. And it was an amazing content, amazing instructors. I was What I was really looking for was a way to help my client, help coach my clients through these transitions. And it was literally me and 15 women and, um, for three days. And, uh, you know, a lot of it was this very energy and touchy stuff and not touchy touchy, but it just wasn't me. Um, so I left that thinking, okay, well that was kind of a waste, but it wasn't a waste because I, mm-hmm. I took away a lot of ideas, but I illustrate that because it's just something I'm always thinking about because I see clients struggling with it. And I have a great client and good for good friend, Stuart McMillan. And actually I interviewed him on our podcast. Mm-hmm. It was number 41 and 42. He's a great entrepreneur. And he's also just a really great thinker, thought leader. And he sent me an article and it's written by this, uh, by Arthur Brooks. And I reached out to him, Arthur Brooks, just to make sure I could talk about it. Cause you know, copyright and all that. And mm-hmm. he said, sure. Um, but he's a, he, there's this, this article showed up in the July 2019 issue of Atlantic Magazine. He's a professor at Harvard, um, PhD, social scientist. Um, he also has, actually, after I read the article, he's got a great podcast. It's called The Art of Happiness. So nice. I actually subscribe to that, and um, I do listen to that weekly. But the story, um, and I recommend people you know, go to The Atlantic or go find Google the story, but the story is really about... He's on an airplane, and he overhears someone behind him saying, um, oh, no, no, it's not true You know that no one needs you anymore. Or, oh, stop saying that. You know, So it was, mm-hmm. it was intriguing. And as he turned back, and he never really mentioned um, who it was, he said the person he saw was just very recognizable, very famous. And it just kind of stunned him that here's somebody who had achieved so much, who had these you know feelings like um, no one ever needs me anymore. Yeah. And so... At the time, Arthur Brooks, he said he was 51, and I, and I thought, oh, boy, I'm 58. So Arthur kind of saw this before I did, but he basically went on this mission for three or four years to try and research it. Um, and I'm glad I found the article because I see it all the time with my entrepreneurs, CEOs, type A's, and, and really it's, you know, you can go to the bookstores, you can go online, and happiness is just a big business, right? But they're... There's no books on how do I manage my professional decline, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a really cool article. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and but that's got to be a tough spot to be in, right? To, to feel that way and, uh, and not know what to do about it. Yeah. And, and so I'll give you some information. And one of the things I liked about the article too is, so he's a, he's data driven and, you know, so my wife always, Nancy, she'll share her feelings and I say, well, give me the data, you know, and <laughs> that always creates conflict, but uh, he offers a lot of information, so I'll share with you a little bit about what he found briefly, because I don't want to dive in too much in the detail because he's more qualified. But Eric, I think you'll like it, and I know the listeners will. I hope. So all anyway, right. um, first of all, there's some tough news that happiness apparently starts declining, <laughs> supported by surveys, studies, etc., in your 30s and 40s. Hmm. And then it tends to bottom out in the 50s, and it starts to improve, apparently, until about the 70s. 
Um, and I was kind of bummed to see, but they talk about depression and suicide rates actually for men at 75 or older dramatically increase. Mm. Um, and, and one of the things they kind of talk about in this article is the driver of all that is what they talk say is irrelevance. You know, and all you have to do is think about you know professional athletes or uh, Olympians. You know, mm-hmm. you, we watch the Olympics. We we think of how hard it was for somebody to get to gym like a gymnastic champion, and then they interview these gymnasts and other Olympic athletes post you know the the gold medals, and they just have a really really hard time transitioning into life because. They've been just so focused. They're transitioning into normal life, like having families, doing other things, because they've just been so focused and driven and 24-7 you know, on their goals. And the, the entrepreneurs and CEOs I work with, they're not quite to that extent as Olympians, but in their, in their industries they are, mm-hmm. and they're just as passionate and just as focused um, and just as driven in some cases as these Olympians are. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that he talks about is this, he calls the principle of psycho-professional gra- gravitation. So it's way over my head, but what it basically means is that um, he defines it as the agony of your professional oblivion, he calls it, is directly related to the height of your professional prestige. But, but more importantly, what I, I believe too is, and tied to one's emotional attachment to that prestige. Um, and he compares a story which I thought was interesting. You know, he talks about Charles Darwin. And when he was, when Charles Darwin was age 22, apparently he had a fully subsidized, paid for trip voyage around the world for five mm. years where he did all of his studies. So he returns at 27 and he just becomes a rock star. He's, you know, celebrated throughout Europe. And he talks about botany and zoology and he's writing books and papers and he's speaking and and really, for the next 30 years, he's kind of this celebrity scientist, and I think he ended up writing The Origin of Species, though the book probably people most, most people looked at or read in, when they were in um, high school or middle school, um, and that was about 20 years later. Mm-hmm. But what, what was interesting, and he pointed out, was that he kind of hit a wall. Uh, he hit a wall in his 50s where he really never did anything beyond that, and according to a lot of his writings and communications, he kind of hit this point where he was relatively depressed and, and really was not very productive. Uh, so, you know, he compares that, you know, to the example of, um, he's it, apparently Arthur Brooks is also like a, was a musician or wanted to be a musician. So he talks about Johann Sebastian Bach, you know, just to compare. And he was born in 1865 and he had an amazing career, thousand compositions that he wrote. And, and he also kind of hit this wall uh, right around his 50s. But what he did was he transitioned into where he became a teacher and a professor. Mm-hmm. And he really, he ended up uh, being a renowned teacher, a famous teacher, a famous professor of other musicians. So he kind of transitioned um, his skill set when his productivity, I guess, as you would say, you know, started to decline. So it was just interesting to how he com- kind of compared those two and how they responded and how they one like Bach in particular kind of reinvented himself as this master instructor where he had this great career afterwards whereas Darwin really did not. Yeah. That, I don't think anybody wants to outlive their usefulness, right? And so to, to be able to reinvent yourself or to be able to find what that next stage is, that's that's obviously incredibly important. Yeah, and those are just, you know, two examples, but as a bottom line, you know, based on 
the data, it, it's just clear that there's a certain amount of decline that occurs. So, for example, like I have a, a number of friends, also a couple of clients who are friends who are attorneys, clients who are attorneys. We network a lot with clients, and I do find the common uh, comment that an attorney will make is, you know, when I say, well, you know, what's your exit plan or when do you plan on retiring? And they'll say, well, they're going to just carry me out of carrying me out in a box. You know, mm -hmm. they're going to, you know, until I lose my mental capacity. And it's interesting because really a lot of attorneys say that. And I have a lot of attorney friends and, and clients who are in their 60s and 70s. One really good friend of mine who's, uh, his name is now on the law firm and he's a very successful attorney. And he tells a story of uh, one of the founders that he worked with and he got to the point where he was coming in in his 60s and 70s and mid 70s. They finally said, look, to this uh, founding partner, they said, look, you can continue to come in. You just can no longer practice law. And the day you come in and without pants on, we're going to send you home for good, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just thought it was a, a funny way to illustrate that, you know, it, there's got to be a point where, you know, you transition out, but to a great extent, you know, I don't know if you work with many attorneys, they are such trusted confidants. They are so, they're so important in the lives of business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so often that that becomes their identity and that becomes what they do and they have hobbies and other things. Most of I mean, a lot of them transition out, but you'll find that a lot of law firms kind of mandate certain ages where they need to move them out because they've, they have discovered that if they don't do that, they won't, you know? Yeah. Hmm. So one of the things in the article they talk about is with creative, creative careers, for example, uh, success and productivity generally increases for about the first 20 years. So, if, for example, you start your career in your 30s, you know, you're going to have your most productive creativity time in your 50s. So I'll give you an example I ran across, and it made me think about somebody I had met literally almost 20 years ago. I was introduced and referred to somebody to work with, and this person was actually in their mid-50s, and he had um, written three of the most famous fast food restaurant, and I'm not going to name it, uh, jingles, you know, commercial mm. jingles. And he had made a lot of money, uh, earned a, a lot of royalties. But I remember I had been introduced to him by somebody that was trying to get um, insurance coverage on him, and they couldn't because of all the struggles that he was going through uh, because of his lack of ability to kind of recreate that or come up with the next jingle. And I talked to him for a long time, you know, just generally about business, but also that, that, that topic came up. And we never actually did any work together. Mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons, but it just made me think back that, you know, that was just an example of, uh, one example of just how it typically happens. You know, that they, they mentioned like inventors, Nobel Prize winners, typically in their 30s and 40s is when they um, make their most great, dis their greatest discoveries. And mm -hmm. you very rarely see uh, winners in their, you know, 50s, 60s, definitely not in their 70s, or even literary achievements like poets, you know, they mention, you know, typically they kind of gear up in their 40s and you know, they, they do their best work before their their 50s and 60s. And I thought another kind of a good example, which was probably useful, is air traffic controllers. They have a mandatory retirement age at 56, which I didn't know. Huh. Um, but that's probably good too, right? You know, you want the sharpest people at their sharpest period of time mm -hmm. when they can do it. And and then they also mentioned who are a lot of my clients, with the, these entrepreneurs, these, uh, these driven CEOs and they really do talk about how a lot of the um, the fortune, the fame, the the earnings occur in their 
20s and 30s, or even you go to Silicon Valley, a lot of the great discoveries are, you know, are, uh, are generated by people in their 30s. And that's what makes it even more amazing when you think about like um, Elon Musk, or you think about somebody who has just done so much mm-hmm. uh, a couple different times. It just makes you realize what a rare person uh, someone like that is. Yeah. Interesting. So it was interesting just to see all that, you know, and to come out of it thinking, okay, well, I'm 58. My gosh, I'm in my decline. <laughs> what do I do? You know, but like I said earlier, it's not all bad news. I think what they're, what the purpose of the article was to say, if you're aware that, you know, all of us have this transition point or a period of time where we're going to do our best work. And then at some point, just naturally we're not, um, you know, maybe it's it's time to try something different, you know, using the example of jo- uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, you know, where he became a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the lessons that I took out of it was, you know, you want to be Bach and you do not want, you don't want to be Darwin. And that's what I think about and that's what I see with some of my clients. I'm trying to help them transition. And the other thing that I, I took out of that was he talks a lot about maybe creating a reverse bucket list. You know, start throwing things mm-hmm. out. Uh, start reducing obligations. Um, it sounded kind of cold, but, you know, s- start reducing some relationships because some relationships are, I've seen this a lot, are more about business than anything. You know, yeah. I can give you numerous examples of, in particular, I'm not picking on bankers, but I see a lot when, when bankers retire because a lot of, they have a lot of friends who are, their real friends. They also have a lot of friends who are connections because they want money. You know, they want, they want the money to be lent to them. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, when I talk to retired clients who had been bankers or are bankers, I, they, they'll say the same thing. It's like, boy, I really thought they would be calling me, you know. My, my point is, you had, I always talk to my clients about this parallel path, that while you're doing one thing, you have to have these parallel paths going at the same time. And if you, if you understand that at some point, you're going to reach this decline and you start, you know, working on this reverse bucket list. Um, like I had created a, a podcast, I think back in June of 2019, talking about how we started, Nancy and I started downsizing for mm-hmm. retirement. And we've actually downsized a couple times and we still have way too much stuff. Hmm. But I could write a book about that one. But I, I think those are the kinds of things you need to start thinking about well before you f- you're ready. And I guess that's that's one of the themes that, I've thought about with clients, I talked to clients about, I got from this article that well before you think you're ready to exit, you really start, you really need to start planning for it and creating that parallel path in many ways, personally, financially, relationship wise, and just, you know, things, things wise, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the other thing, uh, just the last point I'll bring up about the article, which I thought was good and hopefully everyone will read it. He talked about, um, and I can't, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing some of these words because it's <laughs> it's like, it's an Indian uh, philosophy, but the first one's the hardest for me to pronounce. So I apologize to everybody when I say this, but there's, he, they talk about the four stages in Hindu of life stages. Mm-hmm. And, and the first one is Brahm, I'm not going to say it, but it's where you're a youth and young adult and you're learning. That's, you know, we see that with our kids, our grandkids. And then there's a second stage where you start to build your career and you're starting to accumulate your wealth and you're creating your family and doing all those things. And this is really where a lot of people, I think, get stuck. And 
you know, to some extent, self-worth or their identity becomes anchored to like some of the business that, you know, relationships and the business successes they have. And then they call um, ashrama the next one, the third step, which is they call it retiring or into the forest. So I don't know if they literally mean you got to move into the forest, but in, in, they also, that usually hits in your 50s, which which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the, the last stage is where, you know, in, in the Hindu culture, it's you're dedicated to what they call the fruits of enlightenment, where you're hopefully giving back. You're thinking about your life and things like that. So I know that sounds like a little not typical for my um, number crunching podcast, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, I see it. And I I love this article because it really confirms a lot of the things that I've been seeing with my clients. So I, I think the biggest mistake a lot of people make is just uh, trying to sustain their peak accomplishments and and not really thinking about the exit um, well before you know they're ready to go. Yeah. So there were some takeaways. Um, I think some things we can do, and you know, one I think is the biggest one is, and we can we talk about this when in our meetings, especially with our um, when people start getting into their fifties, close and definitely in their sixties, and decline is inevitable in the sense that. Um, your peak production, your your peak work. Clients who are neurologists, I have clients who are just really, really super high performing, and many of them will continue to do that into their sixties and, and even into their seventies. I have a couple right now, um, but I think you just have to prepare for the fact that it's inevitable. We're all human; it happens, mm-hmm. and then jump into it. You know, one of the things that I've seen clients do that have really helped them is to really jump into something where they're able to serve others. The the biggest crime in my mind would be somebody who has done so much and has learned so much to just keep that information in their in their brain not share it not pass it as a legacy not pass it down to their kids i've mm-hmm. talked on other podcasts about great examples of clients who have written books clients who are speaking clients who are blogging teaching junior achievement um just doing things where they're sharing their knowledge, sharing their legacy, mm-hmm. and giving back because we want to document all this great information because it can help the next generation. And you, the worst thing you could do is just wrap it up and not talk about it. So serving to me can mean a lot of things. It could mean you know, charities, but it could also mean just figuring out a way to communicate, give back, build a legacy, grab a pen, you know, start writing, grab a microphone, <laughs> Like, like you've taught me to do. There you go. Um, and then connect. We're in Valparaiso. Valparaiso University's here. The thing that I, I noticed about the university system, where my wife is also a professor and an assistant dean, is they have this natural built-in community. They, you know, the professors, the teachers, um, the, the management you know, of the university, they're, they're always collaborating. It's a very collaborative um, business model, I should say. It's not a business, but and, and that's natural. When when you show up at work, it's there. Mm-hmm. When you leave work, when you're gone, when you're transitioning, when you're retiring, you really have to work very hard to rebuild that. It, yeah. it just doesn't come naturally because their whole career, it's just been there. These people who love to share, they they're all have things in common. They like to tell stories. They like to read books. They like to teach. And then when they leave... If they're not prepared for it, it's literally like jumping off a cliff, you know, where all of a sudden you don't have that collaboration anymore. So you need to manufacture and create and focus on creating opportunities to connect, whether that's like going to your local Y or getting involved or teaching or giving back or junior achievement or any of these other things. 
I just think it's so important to think about because a lot of my clients have the money part, the financial part figured out. We've, we help them get on path for success that way. And I love this article because it, it just pointed out ways where, you know, maybe we can help clients think about how to prepare for the emotional part of it um, when we all have this kind of a inevitable professional decline. So that's the that's my ramble about this article. I just I thought it was so great. I just wanted to make you know push it out there, give Arthur Brooks credit, and then hopefully people will read it and then pick up some of these ideas, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's the thing: there's nothing wrong with podcasting or blogging from a boat in the Caribbean. <laughs> exactly. Right? I, I haven't figured that one out yet, but yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, give back, but take a little bit for yourself too, right? I mean, and there's so many different ways to deal with this issue. There's so many different ways to continue to make those connections. You know, people, I think, Tim, one of the things that I kind of hear in your voice, um, you've seen clients that have struggled. You've seen uh, other professionals that have struggled. You know it's out there. Obviously, this gentleman wrote an article. They know it's out there. That means we're not alone. That means you're not the only one going through this, right? If, if, if somebody's going through this, listening to this. There are other people that are going through the same thing. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to start making those connections with people that, that still want to give back, still want to do those types of things? Like you talked about the university stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Those are connections. Those are relationships. And they, they continue to want to teach and educate and share, right? So there are other people that still want to do that. I'm sure there are people that are just like, nope, I'm playing golf full time. I, I do not want to talk to anybody else. <laughs> you know, good for no, that. No, well, absolutely. You know, yeah, but. I have clients who pay play sixty rounds of golf a year, and I think that's awesome because they're connecting, they're talking. They're, mm-hmm. I always, you just got to figure out a way to continue to connect with people. Yeah. You know, you got to keep talking to humans. Don't watch too much TV. And don't yeah. sit at home. You know, well, of course, we're all in COVID, so no one's getting out, but. That's the other really terrible part about COVID, and that's a whole other podcast. But I just think we all need to maintain connections. That's that's one of the big things, and it doesn't come easy. Work kind of creates it. Yep. But when you leave, you need to create it yourself, and you need to do it well before you leave. You got to, as you're going up, getting off one escalator, you got to get on the other. It's got to be moving. You can't just get off and stop and then figure out. It'll take you a couple of years to figure it out. Yeah. So get get to work. Absolutely. Get her at it, right? That's right. And speaking of connecting, if somebody wants to reach out and connect with you, because I know you've got other ideas and other examples of this, how do they get a hold of you so they can begin a conversation? Yeah, they can always call me 219 246 5370 or send me an email at tscanell at hightoweradvisors.com and we can schedule a Zoom or a call or a meeting or whatever you prefer. Yep, and I know that you, uh, you know, when when it's warmer, you have putt putt golf outings with with folks <laughs> that uh, socially distanced, of course. So I'm, yes. I'm kidding, but yeah, if you do like putt putt golf, I'm sure you can talk Tim into it. Uh, give him a call, Tim. Again, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you, Eric. You bet. And of course, the last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wall Street Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC.